You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, come now, even now, and work powerfully by your word in the power of your spirit that we might hear you, that we might see you, that we might love you, and that we might follow in your ways. All this we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, please keep uh, that passage open and continue to look over it uh, to make sure that what I'm saying is true and trustworthy for uh, the Bible is our authority, not me. Our passage today is a well-known story. Uh, It's the story of Jesus humbling himself by getting down on his hands and knees and washing the dirty and stinky feet of his disciples. In this story, we get the answers to many of our questions, our questions such as, what kind of king will Jesus be? In what way will Jesus rule over his kingdom? And what does it look like to love others? This passage begins by setting the context for us. Look at verse one with me. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. These two ideas, the festival of the Passover and the hour are two big important ideas in John's gospel. They're ideas that have been highlighted repeatedly and previously in this book. John has mentioned the Passover in the last two chapters before this one. The Passover was the Jewish feast that commemorated God's rescue of Israel out of Egypt, out of their slavery to Egypt, and more specifically, the passing over of death by the blood of a lamb. And likewise, John mentions that Jesus knew the hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Jesus has been talking about the hour all throughout John's gospel. On five previous occasions, John has mentioned that Jesus' hour had not yet come. And in the chapter just before this one, in chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus prays to the Father, but for this this purpose I have come to this hour. The hour is significant to Jesus, and John continues to highlight it here. What is this hour? What is this Passover festival pointing us towards? Why does John do this? Well, what John is doing here is he's pointing us towards the cross. He's turning our focus towards Good Friday. He's providing the context within which this story occurs as Jesus heads towards Golgotha and as he prepares his disciples for his death and his final departure. And this is important for understanding the rest of this passage. If we miss this important context, we run the danger of just moralizing this story, turning it into a mere example for us to follow. But this is more than just a mere example of Jesus' love for his disciples and for you and for me. Here Jesus is setting the stage, preparing his disciples so that they and we might understand the significance of what is about to happen. Like a good appetizer, Jesus is preparing his disciples' theological appetites for the main course, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. Well, after establishing this context, John focuses us on this specific story, 
Look at verses two, three, three, five with me, sorry. During supper, when the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Here in this act of foot washing, we see the humility of Jesus and the depth of his love for his disciples, that he would stoop down and wash their feet. In the same way, in the same way that we kneel our bodies before the Lord in prayer, Jesus now humbles himself before his disciples, bending down in humble service of them. And for us, foot washing would be a little bit humiliating. It'd be a little bit odd. Uh, but we have so much more sophisticated footwear, don't we, uh, that keep our feet well cushioned. You know, there's gel and there's uh, certain types of heels that you can get and certain types of sizes and width and all this kind of stuff. These shoes keep our feet well cushioned and well cleaned. So it's not as dramatic to wash someone's feet these days. This This scene does lose a little bit of its sting. But imagine if Jesus came into your house and cleaned your toilet. That is the kind of image that we're thinking about, the humiliating, humbling act of service. This is the king of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth. He doesn't do those kinds of things. He left his throne above and is now stooping down to clean the dirtiest part of the disciples. The creator comes down and washes the feet of his creatures. The teacher washes the feet of his students. And as we see highlighted in verse 3, Jesus washes the feet of his betrayer. Well, Peter, as usual, and somewhat understandably, is very confused by Jesus' actions. This is the man that he's been following for the past three years, the Messiah who he is hoping would come and redeem Israel to its former glory. And here he is washing his feet. So full of pride, Peter tells the God of the universe what to do. Look at verses 6 through 8. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. I can totally understand Peter's thoughts here. This is the Messiah, the King, the Godhead the one who has come to save the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We are not so much, we are not so worthy, sorry, we are not worthy so much as to gather the crumbs that fall from his table. And yet here he is, stooping down, humiliating himself as he washes his feet. I think I would probably have reacted exactly the same way as Peter. Lord, I am not worthy for you to wash my feet. But notice what Jesus says here in verse 7. What I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Jesus is trying to explain to Peter that this isn't just about washing of his feet. As he explains in verse 8, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. This is more than just the removal of dust from one's feet. There's something much bigger going on. The humble service of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples is a symbol, 
a symbol of the humble service of Jesus on Good Friday. Here he lays down his clothes. Tomorrow, well, tomorrow he will lay down his life. This cleansing is pointing to the cleansing that will happen at the cross, where all our sins are wiped away, that we might be washed in the blood of the Lamb, and through this be restored in our relationship with God, once again able to stand in his presence. Jesus has spoken of the cross many times before in this gospel, but in this scene he enacts the service of the cross for his disciples with the washing of their feet. So at this, Peter overreacts to the other extreme and says, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. But Jesus assures Peter that if his feet are washed, then he doesn't need to be cleaned anymore. He goes on to explain that there is one among them who is not clean, though. For as John states at the beginning, Jesus knew that Judas was about to betray him. Well, after washing the disciples' feet, from verse 12 onwards, Jesus instructs the disciples to do to others just as he has done to them. As he elaborates in verse, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. What does this mean for us? Does this mean that we are to wash each other's feet? For the past two years, I preached on this same passage last year on Monday, Thursday, and I've been wrestling with this passage, wrestling with this thought. Are we meant to be washing each other's feet? I certainly do want to be obedient to Jesus. I don't want to be disobedient to my Lord and Master. So I think it can mean that we do wash each other's feet. But two things lead me to think another way. First, as I've been saying, this story is an enacted parable of Jesus, a symbol that's pointing us to something greater. Jesus is showing through his actions the kind of king that he'll be, the kind of love that he'll pour out on the world as he lays down his life on the cross. So I don't want us to get caught up in the foot washing and miss the focus of this text. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the forgiveness of their sins. And second, as I said previously, I don't think there's a one-to-one correlation in the application of this text for our context today. I don't think foot washing has to be the way that we apply the principle of Jesus' words. The principle that Jesus is enacting of humble service, humble service in love, See, the central focus of this passage is this humble service of love displayed in his humility as the master washes the feet of his disciples. This love and this humility points us to an even greater act of love in humility as Jesus humbles himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. Paul picks up this same theme in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 19. Christ Jesus, who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This humility characterizes Jesus. He truly is the servant king who lays down his life so that we might be saved. This humility is to be an outworking of the faith of those who belong to him also. 
but not as a way of gaining acceptance before God. There are not enough feet in this world for you to wash that the Lord might grant you entry into heaven. Salvation doesn't come through washing of feet, but through our acceptance of Jesus' service for us, through receiving his humiliating and humbling sacrifice for our sins. Our service, our humility, should be a genuine expression of love, which flows out of the love that Jesus Christ has for you and for me. We can only serve when we have first been served by Christ. So in our time, this might look like washing each other's feet, but it also might look like cleaning someone else's toilet or helping someone who is in need. I need to confess I was uh, lying awake at night uh, last night, maybe the night before, thinking about this passage, reflecting and meditating on this text, and I felt the need to repent uh, for the times that this has not been my attitude, for the times that I've put myself above, above others, times where I've thought more highly of myself than any of you. And so I'm, I'm actually really sorry. I'm sorry, especially if you've felt that from me in any way. I ask that you would please forgive me. And I ask, Father, please forgive me. I'm in need of Jesus' cleansing as much as anyone else. But the good news is that Jesus hasn't just given us an example of what love looks like. The story isn't just a good moral lesson in what a Christian should do. Jesus is preparing us for the love that he will display and the love that he'll give us as he gives his life as a ransom for many. It's a good reminder today that we haven't measured up, that many times we have failed to wash each other's feet. We've failed to love others as Christ has loved us. A reminder that each and every one of us needs Good Friday. This story points us to the grace of God in Jesus Christ, who pardons the guilty, who cleanses those who would betray him, who lays down his life in humble service. The good news is that Jesus didn't just humble himself to wash the disciples' feet, but he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, so that our sins might be forgiven, so that you and I might be made clean. Let us pray. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have loved the world so much that you gave your one and only Son, that through his humble act of service of laying down his life for us that we might be made clean father we ask that you would cleanse us this evening by your spirit all this we ask through jesus christ our lord amen you've been listening to audio from the cathedral church of the advent if you live in birmingham or find yourself visiting we hope you'll join us at one of our sunday services find out more at advent